Uh, hey, Caitlin. Chris, what's up? Hey, so I'm in Mexico City, uh, but that has not stopped me from checking in on the only story that matters in the tennis world this weekend, which is Serena Williams tracking down some dude who stole her phone in a restaurant. She didn't it, just track him down. She chased him down. Right, right. And then he gave up. And the reason he gave up was when you see the two of them standing some side by side, you realize she would have housed him <laughs> if he had put up any kind of fight. It's awesome. I'm trying to think of, like, <laughs> outside of, like, Ronda Rousey, like, who the stupider... Like, who's a worse target for a petty theft? And it's like, the way she goes out there is just totally fearless. Like, I think everybody's kind of rah-rah, and she's she was all like, you have to, have to listen to your inner superhero, which is good advice for everyone, I guess. But, I mean, like, she's running after someone who could have, you know, pulled a knife or a gun on her. Like, it's not impossible. No, it's not impossible in this world we live in. Um, and that's probably one of the many reasons that the, the restaurant gave her a standing ovation when she walked back in the door. Yeah, it's pretty great. Could pretty Serena great. be any cooler? I mean, we're just talking like the other week about how she just like does some light house cleaning and finds gold medals. Well, and it's exactly. And uh, there was just uh, right under underneath that on the uh, ESPN main page for tennis, there was a story about how like there's no good second best player. Like it's not clear at all who, which which we've talked about on the women's tour. And it's like it's been now a long time that those articles have been written. Yeah. It's a, been a decade of those articles. Exactly. It must be really boring. That assignment must come from your editor once exactly once a year, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God damn it. I guess nobody else can talk about it. There was even um, a very inessential would be a polite way of saying uh, this, an article about Serena's like tough old man trainer for kind of no reason, I don't think, this week in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I like reading anything tangentially related to Serena. And her leathery old man trainer, who, like, you know, is one of these dudes who, like, lives in a tiny town, gets up and runs the track, like, only lifts, you know, like, doesn't believe in calisthenics. You know, like my favorite movie reference, Rocky Burgess Meredith and Rocky. Sure. Exactly. Yep, yep. Uh, Great, great. That is the most over-the-top, that role, the most over-the-top accent, like, this side of mobster movies. I want to ask you, as a Philadelphia native, if you find that, uh heartwarming or if you find it offensive his accent in that movie not offensive at all not (laughs) offensive at all (laughs) i think it's totally an english speaker listening to that (laughs) no not at all i mean the thing is like as you can tell i don't really have any kind of philly accent and even my mom who grew up in philly and in a close suburb um uh doesn't have much of it except we all we all do say uh water instead of water it sneaks into your accent i've heard it like, I would love to look that way when I'm really old. That would be an awesome way to look. Those are totally uh, legitimate goals. I basically want to look insane when I'm older. <laughs> and, and just be, like, I'm going to give zero fucks when I, like, basically after 60. That's my goal. Exactly. Well, what's nice is that in tennis-wise, you don't, you're not in California, so you won't be, like, crazy leathery. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, against my against my you know uh, wishes, I wish I were out in the sun baking, probably courting all forms of melanoma. I'm not trying to make light of it. I just can't stay out of the sun, except literally living on the East Coast, suffering like all of us from a vitamin D deficiency. I heard most recently at my doctor's appointment, like, did you know that we're just a city full of vitamin D deficiency? I mean, I'm sure you're not surprised, but it's like quantifiable. Totally, and that is not. New York's biggest problem, which brings us on to James Blake's piece in the Players' Tribune, 
which I got to say, I mocked the Players' Tribune when it started. Uh, but uh, between that and the Marty Fish article, pretty solid. I pretty know. Solid. And for anybody yeah. who does not know or did not hear the Fish Heads episode and is, la- is too lazy to go back and listen to it, you're an, an idiot. But if you still don't want to listen to it and don't know what the Players' Tribune is, it's Derek Jeter's From the Words of Athletes um, online publication. And James Blake wrote something really thoughtful about his pretty intense tackling uh, by a Nor- New York city police officer during the u.s open most of it was about how much he loves new york like 80 percent of it mm-hmm. was about how much he loves new york it's funny i, I saw him play Roundich in the u.s open a couple years back and i think we had talked about just the two of us how sour he could be on the court particularly towards the end of his career yeah um yeah. and it was just not fun to watch him towards the end and uh now i have a totally more positive opinion of james blake yeah I- I thought after James Blake broke his neck, uh, it was going to be our moment to really like him. He broke his neck sliding on a clay court like, and then hit his head on the net post. And then his dad died. And yet, he kind of was unlikable a little bit, despite all these like you know really encouraging tra- like personal stories of tragedy and triumph. Um, but you're totally right. After being a player, he's made a, like, a number of like notable media appearances. He's been a really thoughtful commentator. Um, I kind of think his career, I'm trying to like dissect why I think he ended up being so sour. And I have to conclude that like all these other American men, like having their moment in the sun, like does not do much for them because they can't live up to the hype of, you know, your agassiz and your couriers and your sampresses. And it makes them really bitter. And I think like that definitely seemed true of Blake for a while there, didn't it? Is that what you think it was? Uh, Kind of. Although I think it, it might've been, and I'm wildly speculating here, but it might have been a little like the Agassi thing where like they're both super smart guys. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if being on the tour for 10 years just gets boring. Yeah. And for, for, for Agassi, he was sort of, he had like such a low bottom <laughs> for how bad it got that I, I think it got interesting for him again, like the challenge of c- coming back, whereas Blake kind of floated around, you know, in the top 50, I think for, for, for quite a while. And his, his moment in the, the, the top 10 or whatever is pretty brief. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe that's it. I think he does seem like one of the most cerebral tennis players. And I think, you know, it's pretty boring and monotonous out there. And the season's long. It's not like, you know, a basketball season or football where you have like, you know, a four month period. Right. And in a way, it's like the only sport where you're sort of punished for doing well, where it's like, I do well in this tournament and now I have to defend all those points. Right. <laughs> it's like, God, well, even just the God tournament it. structure. It's like, oh, yeah. I am into the second week of every major great, but I, that means I have zero time off between tournaments and I qualify for the year-end tournaments, which means it's like my season's extended another month. You know, like they're still fucking playing tennis on the men's tour. Like the, they have not yet finished the season and it's November. That's crazy. You know? It is totally crazy. Did, did Speaking of that, did you watch the Federer-Nadal final? Yeah, it was really from satisfying. A, for a few, it was great. Yeah. Uh, he, um, it was his 88th title. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, his his 80th title and his his record against Nadal is horrific. He, uh, N- Nadal's ahead of him, twenty three to eleven. Like that's not close. No, it's not. It's not even close. It's crazy, and I don't think most people realize how big that gulf is. But the greatest of all time conversation. Remember, we had this conversation. I forget who it was with last summer. Um, we had a conversation with a sports writer 
um, it might be worth me looking it up at the very end and inserting it, who was basically saying, like, what is better, like, if your peaks are higher and an informed Nadal certainly dominated an informed Federer, or if you have, like, a longer stretch at the top, which, like, if you look at the rankings, you know, Federer has hovered at number two or number three now for the past, like, four years, and Nadal's fallen out of the top ten at moments. Um, I mean, I'm solidly, and I think I said it then, in the Nadal camp. Like, I think it's better to burn bright. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he was so much better than everyone else for a while. Um, It was pretty cool. And, like, people dismiss him as only being that dominant on clay, but I still think that that's incredible. Being that dominant, like, no one believed they could beat him. When you would hear interviews, like, other top ten players would joke about how it was impossible. That's a good point. Like, no one gets to that spot in sports. You know, I, I also feel like, you know, some of this, like, tennis culture has, like, made it really easy for people to just sort of, like, elongate careers that should be over. Like, I do not approve of these, like, BNP Paribas exhibition match. Like, was I pumped to see Gabriela Sabatini face off against Monica Seles? Yes, of course. Because I did not, I was not alive enough during the Gabriela Sabatini heyday. Um, and she's still super hot, and I want the ability to enjoy her in person. However... For tennis, is that an advertisement? I would dare say no. I, yeah, I don't think so. And and on that hot note, I don't think anybody's hotness has ever been uh, diminished more by anything than the way her hair diminished her hotness in the 80s and 90s. Well, just I mean, it was just this. a complete disaster. Gabriella Sabatini is the prototypical like girl in a movie with glasses. Right. <laughs> exactly. And like, in the second act... Just somebody, those glasses fall off, and then it's just a new person. And what a good, I mean, at least she's on that dynamic and not in, in terms of, like, you know, you want to talk about, like, hotness diminished. Well, maybe you could argue that Boris Becker was never that hot, but he's certainly, he looks like a, uh, a clam. He looks like a human embodiment of a clam if a clam was somehow both pale and sunburned. Right, and I did not, I was not into the way where he was somehow against the saber Federer thing, right? Because you know Boris Becker like practically invented saber. I mean, that's what he did to win Wimbledon at eighteen. Doing that is an awesome display of skills. Like when you hear the announcers, the ex players, they're just in awe because against Djokovic in one of those matches, uh, he like picked a hundred and six mile an hour serve off the ground. Yeah, it's nuts. I I might have made this analogy before, but in the Andre, Andre Agassi book, Open. They talk about when Andre Agassi goes to a batting cage and how he's like crushing every single ball that, that, like every single fastball that comes down the pipe. And then he starts, like, just to make it more difficult for himself, starts running towards the, like, the, <laughs> the pipe that's like flacking out pitches at him, just running forward, trying to take them like on the rise and early. And it's just, and he's doing it and he's like, he hasn't missed a ball. Um, like, that to me is what Roger Federer is doing. And it really is like worthy of, you know, of the awe that it inspires. Yes. And, you know, and he's still doing it, and he's he's got, I don't know, maybe he's got another year left where he can maybe have a crack at it. Do you think it's done? Should we even abandon this whole conversation of should can Roger Federer win one more? Oh, no. I mean, he just made back-to-back, uh, he was just, he made two of the last three finals, right? Or the last two finals against yeah. Djokovic? No, all, all it would take is Djokovic to have one loose match and lose to someone. Like... I still, even though this is years back, I don't think it's that different at this point than when Soderling beat Nadal. And it was like, all right, this is it. This is the year. Like, that could still happen. In- yeah, you're right. Because Soderling beat Nadal at the prime of Nadal. During that period you were just talking about where, like, it seemed like nobody even thought they had a chance against him. 
I really want Federer to do it, and I really, really, really think that it's over for him, and I hope that I'm wrong and that you are right. I mean, it, although a reason to root against that is the horrible think pieces about the ways that age doesn't really matter that would get written after he won. Oh, it would be unbearable. All these sports writers that are like roughly my age, 36, would just be like, take it as a way to figure out, to think that they're young again or that they could be young again. Oh, um, I feel like it's just about time to wrap it up, but I wanted to give a recommendation. So, uh, it's the year end, tournament and this is the 10th or 11th anniversary of one of my favorite matches ever which is when Nalbandian beat Federer in the year in tournament he was down 0-2 and Nalbandian if you remember was like one player who weirdly gave Federer trouble um if for I could like there's no game style reason why he would but he did and he was down 0-2 and he came back and it is just awesome to see him win because this was like peak early peak Federer um, and it's all on YouTube, so uh, give it a watch. We'll, we'll put a link in the player so you can check it out. David and and get deep cut, man. On that note, later, Chris. Later on, Caitlin. Bye-bye. Bye.